What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Two. One. Fragments of Silicon. We are but the stuff that games are made on. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the first Fragments of Silicon Euro interview of the new year. Um, apologies if you're having a bit of a connection issue while watching us. Uh, I'm not sure, but we think it might be because of the other programming on Twitch right now that's kind of overloading everything. Mm-hmm. Like, um, this is the recording isn't going to be interrupted, is it? It shouldn't be. That's encouraging. Well, with you, that, last time we had this problem, the, the um, save version to Twitch was fine. Okay. Um, well, anyway, uh, this week we have uh, Fide Sarat of T2T Tech. Hello. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, good, good. Always a gamble there. Anyway, <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we'd like to start by asking... Uh, the people we have on the show, what got them interested in video games, both on a personal level and a professional level? Yeah, sure. So uh, it, it's uh, it's hard for me to to tell when I got interested in video games because mm-hmm. uh, I really started uh, when I was a kid. I don't know how old, but I do remember that I used to go to my friends' uh, homes to, to, to play games because my mom wouldn't allow me to have uh, video games. So I think that's one of the reasons that got me so crazy about it. The, the more my mom was forbidding me from having games, the more I wanted to play games. And uh, I think that's what got me into this like big uh, hobby that I have for games. And uh, lately, that's what it uh, dragged me into looking for a professional position in the in the industry. Uh, in terms of uh, how I became a, a, a professional game creator to say say it somehow uh, basically I, I was uh, I, w- I already studied computer science uh, because I wanted to come become a, a game programmer or a game designer or something like that uh, I'm a bit old now so when I when I started this there was no um, there was no game career or anything like that the the main options were to do something like studying game programming or uh, I don't know uh, that was actually the, the one option I, I, I considered so I didn't care many about other options but uh, yeah I studied computer science and then I kind of forgot about the the, the dream about becoming a, a game programmer myself because uh, there were many options when I finished 
So I, I was doing more uh, general computer related uh, software development. Uh, but then uh, at some point, a friend of mine who was working for, for Capcom actually uh, asked me if I would be interested in, in joining. And uh, I, I said yes. I, I went through their interviews and I ended working for, for Capcom. And that's, uh, that's the, the way I, I started. Neat. Uh, well, what did you end up doing for Capcom? Uh, actually, <laughs> uh, funnily enough, uh, nothing to do with programming. I, I first started uh, doing localization. My mm. friend was a Spanish, uh, English to Spanish translator. I always had like writing. And uh, this opportunity was going to Capcom Japan, actually. So it was like a big thing. Wow. And uh, yeah, I jumped into the adventure of changing completely my the type of uh, job I, I I do and to to become a, a, a translator instead of a programmer. Uh, but to be honest, uh, even though I like writing, trans translation wasn't my my favorite thing to do. Yeah. And uh, my, my passion was more about still about creating tools and uh, developing and uh, of course video games that the part was satisfied in Capcom but uh, not the, the other one. So I, I started to to create tools for the translators who work in, in Capcom uh, and for the team who works in local localization and uh, it's called global R&D nowadays. Uh, it's just uh, not only translation but uh, many other things related to internationalization of, of, the, of, the, of the games. And so I started to create tools and to uh, to work in many other things to to increase production and 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 that um uh, that led me to my own new position in in the team, which was a localization engineer. Uh, yeah. So after two or three years working as a localization engineer, I still was dreaming on becoming a. a, a a game designer in a way, or to make my own games. So that's why later on it it, uh, it um, led me to uh, go back to Spain and create uh, my own company together with uh, a friend of mine who we were already doing lots of indie games aside from, from work together. And uh, as the game you are seeing on the screen is uh, Oh My God Kids, is our, our first video game uh, as a company. Mm. Right. So, <laughs> before we get to like, um, oh my God, heads, uh, uh, what 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 games did you work on at Capcom? Like anything people would know? Yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, the localization. Capcom has a, a very um, how can I say a very professional and, and big team of uh, localization, and they take care of uh, most of Capcom projects. So I was there, if I remember well, from 2009 until 2014. And so we worked in, like I have worked in Resident Evil 5 and 6 and all the other revelations and the Monster Hunters and Asura's Wrath, Dragon's Dogma, uh, Lost Planets and all the games that came through uh, the, the localization team, which is not all the games Capcom does, but mostly all of them uh, were going through our our team, so quite a few. <laughs> right. Well, like Dead Rising comes to mind there. Yeah. That's like Capcom USA. Yeah. 
So that, that rising, uh, I've worked in the, I remember I was on one of my first uh, big projects uh, or big, because it's not that big, but uh, fu fully done by, by me is uh, the mobile game, for instance. And then we work also in the rising to some of the VLCs and some of the stuff, even though I think nowadays uh, they are uh, fully localized outside, but uh, to be honest, I'm not sure. I wouldn't personally know. I don't think we know anyone at Capcom currently. <laughs> so, uh, you know someone who was at Capcom at least now. Indeed. Mm. Yeah, I, I would have to. I would have to ask because these things keep changing, and I, I honestly wasn't there for, for like for example the the latest one, and I don't I don't know if it was done internally in Japan or through another company in, in the US, or I don't know. Uh, Dead Rising 4, I think that was done by uh, Capcom Vancouver as well. Uh, no, 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 I don't mean the development of the game, but the localization itself. Oh, right, right, Got, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, well, at any rate, um, so what was the transition like from working at Capcom to working in your own studio? Uh, well, very um, exciting because it was a big change for for me. It was a really uh, risky step in my life, uh, and it, not only because I was dropping a company to create my own with my own money and without uh, any knowledge of how the future was going to be, but also because I was moving countries and kind of um, saying goodbye to many people and friends I, I made there and going back to, to, a, to another, my, my country, right, but still uh, in another context. So it was uh, very exciting and very scary. And um, in terms of uh, everyday life, it's actually really different to work in a, in a big company where there's like lots of colleagues and people you are around with. You are always talking about uh, the, the company Capcom, but also about other games. And there's a, a little, uh, um, how, how can I say it? A little, uh, um, well, environment, right? That is uh, very specific. And then uh, now that we are in another adventure, we are just uh, actually four people in the company. It's a much smaller scale and it's, everything is different. Uh, I'm not saying it's worse or better, it's just different. Uh, we talk more about um, things that have nothing to do with video games. We work on the, through the internet often, so we don't see each other. I'm, I f it feels more lonely in a way, but it also feels more personal. Mm. I can definitely see that. Uh, in fact, it's kind of like our own setup here. We are four to five people who primarily work through the internet, and um, although I don't think anyone here has worked at uh, a, co a company as large as Capcom, but uh, at any rate, um, so oh my Godheads, uh, how did you come up with this kind of game? Uh, <laughs> with a lot of uh, with a lot of brainstorming in a fun environment, let's say. Uh, having beers, the, the usual development, uh, uh, can I say, start for, for, for silly indie games. We, we uh, back in the day when I was working in Capcom, I was still participating in game jams and game design contests and doing little indie game projects with friends and mostly just for fun, but always with the dream of doing, you know, doing something else. And, um, 
uh, back in, in, I don't know, remember exactly when, but probably 2014 or 2013, we were playing a lot of uh, multiplayer games with, with friends in the office in, in Japan. And and we realized that there was a there was a little space for 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 couch multiplayer games and they were they were they were fun to to play but also felt fun to to make because you could do all of sorts of uh, crazy things and it didn't really matter so we started to 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 brainstorm and to come with ideas for multiplayer games with not really nothing in mind just whatever comes and so we made a, a first prototype of a of a game that was about capturing the flag. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a, just a giant trophy you have to capture and bring to to your base, but with multiplayer, right? With local multiplayer. So instead of uh, playing through the internet, everybody was sharing one space or an arena. And the game was fun. It was super simple, super ugly, and still fun. So we we we. We we wanted to continue that, and we started a project. <laughs> the original goal was to 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 create a project that would last uh, six months, uh, and uh, the thing uh, got bigger and bigger, and that's uh, how we ended with Oh My Godheads. The the actual idea of Godheads, why Godheads, is uh, is uh, just uh, we realized that the trophy was having a lot of personality. And we wanted to make a trophy that will be become harder to carry and affect gameplay in different ways. So uh, someone suggested, why don't we put a face in the trophy and a big mouth? And when you have carried the trophy over five or 10 seconds, the, the trophy will eat you, right? Mm -hmm. And so we started thinking about this and how could we do it? And the game was about hunting and bringing these this trophies to your, to your base. And then somehow it all developed through these brainstorming uh, sessions, you know, in, into a more of an adventure type of game where the characters are stereotypical characters from 80s uh, adventure movies and what you're doing is treasure hunting and the, what you have to carry is big heads from gods. Oh, that's certainly a concerted process. Yeah. Uh, um, did you run into any trouble with the name? I mean, because there are people out there who might object to the word God in the title and so on and so forth. No, it's been good. Some people have shown their concern about other people getting offended, but there's no... We It's a very lightweight game. We, we have chosen uh, things about God that are really respectful with, uh, with religions and especially with we haven't selected any religion that is really easy to offend or just alive. Most of the things are just ancient things, and we don't do anything risky in that sense. Right, right. I didn't think so, but it's like some people are just uh, hair triggers and all that. Yeah, no, we we are listening, and if someone has any complaint, we will try to adapt things. We, we, we were respectful from the beginning because we understand it's a very complex subject. Uh, mm -hmm. But but at the same time we we already selected things that are you know funny and lightweight and there's no message behind the game other than if you are interested in these gods they are uh, they are real they are real creatures or gods from from the past from ancient religions and you can study them and learn about them and we would love to uh, if if people from the game feel an interest through through these. Uh, 
uh, myths and stories. But other than that, that's that's it. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Uh, let's see. So, um, how did the, the developments work between uh, all of you? Like, what was your specific task and your partners? Sure. So, uh, basically, at the moment, we are four people in the company, and we are we have two artists and two and two programmers to say. Um, the programmers is uh, my colleague and I who own the company, and the artists are people who we hired later on. Um, basically, the the two programmers we are also owners of the company, right? So we need to take other roles, more boring stuff. So basically, I I I do more like production things and communications and things like that. My friend does all the part of uh, like a hardcore technology related things. And then we have one of the artists is a 3D artist, and another another one is a 2D artist. And then for game design, we always brainstorm a lot. We do a lot of playtesting, and we we come with lots of ideas. We select the ones we like the most. Uh, there's not really a game designer, but since I'm a game, I'm I'm taking care of planning. I do take care of uh, prioritizing. So in a way, I filter those ideas at the end. Uh, so I guess you could say I'm also a game director. But but in the end, it's all really um, democratic to say in a way. And we do a lot of testing of things, and if they are fun, they, we continue making them, and that's how we work. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds not too dissimilar from other uh, indie development program. Like, though, uh, I'm assuming that the project took a lot more than six months to complete. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's totally right. It. Uh, it started as a six-month thing. We really wanted to do something small, but then. Um, uh, well, the, the project kind of stopped, and that's when I went back to Spain. I started, we started the company, and then we took over the project again. And we were lucky to find, uh, we were planning on doing a Kickstarter. Um, and on the process, we were lucky to find the Square Enix Collective uh, support. Uh, that helped us uh, actually fund the game and, and publish it. And that's when it became a much larger scale thing. And I think it has taken us, I would say, total a couple of years of full-time development. The company has existed through about three years, but we had to, at the beginning especially, we took other jobs to, to sustain the company. So that's about, I would say, yeah, two years of uh, full full development. Mm. Yeah, I noticed on your website you mentioned that uh, your company does a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, a lot of it outside the video game industry at that. Yeah, we. it's not that we do a lot of things outside of the video game industry. It's more like we are... Um, we, we want to do things related to video games and gamification and stuff like uh, related to visualization of data, which has a lot of to do with uh, with the video games, so we are happy to take projects like that. Though we mainly take video game projects, the the final goal of us is to to have. We always say we have two legs, or try to have two legs. One is our game development in a project where we make our own games, and through which one we keep learning and improving our technology. And the other one is to just uh, support other indie developers especially indie developers who are more focused on art and uh, 
story and all things by providing them with the technology, the programming and all the things uh, that we have developed that we know about like uh, AI or networking or stuff like that. I see. Yeah. Oh, anyway, um, moving along, uh, how did you hook up with Square Enix? Uh, through their platform, they, they have a, the collective platform where people right. can ask for feedback uh, for their game projects. And uh, basically, as I said, we were planning on doing a Kickstarter and back in the day, their platform was mainly focused on uh, gathering feedback about your game as a Kickstarter project. So we wanted to, we, it was a moment where Kickstarter was becoming more and more complex, lots of projects were there and we wanted to learn and optimize the, the campaign and also listen to what people have to say about the project because when we were happy to adapt it to, to the public and so we put the game there the game was there for a month and we got some feedback and somehow we we were about we were thinking of uh, forgetting about the idea of a kickstarter as we were seeing it was becoming harder and harder and the, the money there wasn't gonna help much uh, but uh, funnily enough this was the 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 key to to success because the it's the the one thing that uh, called attention from Square Enix from Collective, so they contacted us asking us uh, if we will we would be interested in in joining their their platform as a funded uh, published game. Mm. I, they do that. Like we know a lot of Square Enix Collective people. Yeah. I, we've seen I've seen that uh, you interviewed uh, Phil, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, trying to have him back on next season, actually. Like, and we've had a whole bunch of uh, the, the developers on this uh, particular season. Mm. Uh, I'd have to go through to see all, all of them, but yeah. We, the point is, we, we're familiar with their practices generally. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, anyway, uh, so. The game is a local multiplayer affair, correct? Yes. Um, what was the thought process behind it, especially in this day and age of, um, you know, online multiplayer being the standard and all that? So we, we our background is uh, local multiplayer players. We, we are in our 30s, mid-30s, and we, we come from playing all those Mario Kart, Power Stone, Sensible Soccer games. And uh, when we started the project, as I said, we wanted to do something small. So we, we didn't care so much about making something like online, huge, with lots of customization and things like that. We wanted to make a fast-paced game, really fast, really frantic. And and then make it fun for play with friends, so we don't have to care about all the many things. And that's that's how the prototype started. And later on, when we when we scaled up, we had to uh, an important decision to take, right? If we wanted to keep this line or we wanted to change it and to make it into something online. But the 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 initial game design was already there. So for us, was a it, it would have meant to redesign certain things because the game is, as I said, very, very fast. There is one hit kills, there is all the time, you die, you respawn. It's really sensible to lag. So we felt the, the, the experience would have been very frustrating if not done really, really well. And as we were at that point, at the very beginning, we were just two people, 
we thought, okay, let's let's do something. Let's make the best multiplayer game we can do, local multiplayer game we can do. We love this genre, we know it, and we want to try it. And so that's that's why we ended like pushing it. Let's put all the energy right into instead of just adding online. Let's add more levels. Let's add more heads. Let's add, let's polish things. That's that's how we um, ended with the with this local multiplayer. That's what I suspected. Um, oftentimes, when we talk to people who did the local only pacing and um, fast action, seems to be the reason because yeah um ping and lag are things with online multiplayer and that can every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at u.s border patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe if you are ready for a new mission join u.s border patrol and go beyond Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.